Welcome to Grace Point Church Podcast. We proclaim Christ crucified and uphold him as the only hope for the fallen world. On today's episode, you'll hear from Reverend Harrison Mungai. Reverend Harrison is the lead pastor at Grace Point Church. Hey, good morning and welcome to Christian Living on Fridays, where we uh, think about three uh, particular uh, issues around theology, uh, culture and politics and how they relate um, or even how they affect our life as believers. My name is Harrison. I've been your host this last uh, few Fridays and um, this coming about three or four uh, Fridays, we are also going to be thinking uh, some big questions, some big theological questions. It was wonderful to hang out with you last Friday to think about politics and to think of how we should be involved. And I think it's the right thing for us as believers to to do these things because they have implications in our lives. Somebody has said that um, the biggest questions of the coming few years will be questions of our understanding of theology or doctrine. Um, it looks like... Um, the, the biggest battles that we will be fighting as believers is on our understanding of God, who he is, and even our defense of that, particularly from a biblical point of view. And I think, you know, increasingly our grasp of um, scripture will, be, will, will be coming to the fore, will be coming very, very important, particularly as we engage cultural questions, as we engage theological questions, perhaps false teaching, and even political questions and economic questions. How do we process all that? So it's important then for us as believers to be well-versed and to be um, clear in our understanding of um, who God is and how he has revealed himself to us. So today I just want to ask us a question. Can we really know God? Can we really know God? Is God knowable? That might be an old question if you've been looking at um, theological texts for a while. But maybe for most of us, particularly most Christians, maybe um, who have not, you know, uh, who have not perhaps interacted um, with a lot of reading around this area, it might be like kind of a newish question. Actually, for most of us, particularly on this um, side of the world, um, God is a given. We don't argue him into existence or even out of existence. For most people, you know, God is a given. And a given here means it, it's there. You don't even argue about it. It's like asking somebody, Kunahewa, um, is, there, is there air? I mean, you know, air is a given. You almost expect anywhere you are, there will be air. And oftentimes you want it fresh. And so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's almost a given. You, know, you almost, uh, uh, you know, don't even think about it because you're breathing it in and out all the time ever since you were born. It becomes a given. But there's a danger, actually, in that kind of familiarity uh, with uh, big concepts like the concept of God and just seeming it's a given. But it's actually it's not the case for everybody. And sometimes we need to consciously be able to answer such a question, um, particularly from Scripture, because we don't want to make up things ourselves, neither do we just want to follow some arguments that have been put forward by 
maybe some philosophers sometimes they are good and helpful but you know, we want to see it from scripture can we really know god and i guess that question is also interesting for christians because sometimes they might read a passage say like isaiah 45 verse 15 which seems to suggest that actually god hides himself can he really be known and there have been arguments back and forth can we really know god because if God hides himself, can we really know him? I think the right way to approach it, one is to understand that uh, God is knowable because he has revealed himself. In a moment, I'm going to say how he has revealed himself. But also he is incomprehensible. Now, that's a big word I've just used right there. That means we can't fully wrap our heads around him. We can't quite really... Say, we got it. I now fully understand the concept of God. He is incomprehensible. That means you can't quite comprehend him fully or understand him fully. And the reason for that is also, you know, uh, quite obvious. Because if one of the uh, characters of God is that he is infinite, that means he is um, without end and without beginning, infinite in time and in space, then it would not be right to, or it would not be um, accurate to expect we who are finite beings in the sense that we have limited understanding capacity, limited uh, thinking capacity, even processing capacity to fully be able to comprehend one who is where we're beyond our capacity to actually understand. So there is a sense in which we can't fully uh, say that uh, we would fully understand and know God. And yet, that's not to say that we cannot know him. Uh, we certainly can know him because he has revealed himself. Uh, he has revealed himself. Because unless God reveals himself, so good to appreciate that, we have no way of knowing him. We can't, we can't know him because uh, unless he is unveiled, unless uh, he reveals himself, there is no way that you and I would be able to know him, um, which is wonderful because the God of the Bible is always the God who makes the first move. Um, he is the one who always initiates the process of a relationship with him. He always makes the first move. He always goes first. Unlike idols, which you have to go looking for, you have to go and discover them. You have to go to special places and shrines. You, you have to try and um, appease them. You know, that's what the religions of the world basically really are, which is human attempt at sort of discovering God. Whereas the God of the Bible has revealed himself. For we have no other way of ever getting to know him unless his soul reveals himself. Which is wonderful then to think of that word revelation, that word of word there, uh, revelation coming from um, a word uh, in Greek, which really means um, unveiling or you know removing, say, a shield or or, or a net that had previously covered, and then um, we are able to see, or well, that which is previously hidden is now put into plain sight. So yes, let's first of all affirm, friends, that God is knowable. He is knowable. He has revealed himself. And although we cannot fully comprehend him, we can't 
wrap our heads around his nature fully because we are finite. That means we are limited in time and space and understanding. Yet, we can know him. Even though we can't fully uh, understand and comprehend, we can know him to the extent that he has revealed himself. So then you might ask me, how has he revealed himself? Now, there are many ways um, that um, you know, could be listed how God has revealed himself, but I'll just break them down into three. And today we're going to look at the first one, and uh, we'll, we'll preserve the other two for next Friday and the one after. So he has revealed himself primarily in three ways. One is nature, through nature. Uh, secondly, is through scripture, that is through his written word. And thirdly, is through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he has revealed himself through nature, through scripture, and through the work, the life of the person, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So why don't we then think around how has he revealed himself in nature? How has he revealed himself in nature? Uh, turn with me then, if you will, to Psalm 19. <clears throat> Psalm 19, verse 1 to 6, um, talks about um, the heavens, that is nature, declaring the glory of God. And we're going to read all the way to verse 6. Let me read, and then we will see how has he revealed himself in nature. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his hardy work. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, no other words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber. And like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. A beautiful uh, psalm right there. And it's one of one of a few which um, are together um, can be collectively called creation psalms. A number of psalms that celebrate God's creation, that tell of God's wonder in creation. Now, the nature or the revelation from nature is perhaps the most obvious and uh, perhaps very close to us um, evidence of we can know God and God has revealed himself in nature. What the Bible is telling us here is that the heavens, which is a word which generally means the created order above us. As we think of those words that's taken from Genesis, talking about the creations of the heavens and the earth, the idea being all that is above us, the clouds, the sky, up above the stars, the sun, the moon, and everything therein, generally collectively called the heavens. And what the psalmist is saying here is that they declare, that means they tell the glory of God. They show us the glory of God, the wonder of God at creation, the shining beauty of God's created order. It goes on to say, the sky above proclaims his hardy work, 
And it's interesting how you would find these sum works in, in such a way that you have a phrase said in 19a, and the same phrase is repeated in b, but um, just for emphasis, that is the sky above, which is basically the heavens, are proclaiming his handiwork, uh, handiwork, meaning the work of his hands or his craftsmanship. What this is saying is that God has revealed himself because nature is speaking to us every day and even every night is speaking to us, showing us the glory of God. What is it telling? You know, it's telling us the wonders of God's creation so that when we look up in the sky above, we see God's wonder at creation. When we look at the stars and the distances and how far they are away from us, and yet, that's just has been what most people have been looking at for these thousands of years. When we look at those constellations and we look at the sun and the moon and it rising in the morning and going down in the evening, it just strikes us. Even with our understanding of science today and, you know, and the whole idea of the rotation of the earth and the evolution of the earth you know, around the sun, its own spinning on its own axis. When we think of these things... What they are telling us is God is glorious. They're saying to us, a great I am has put all these together, which is a wonderful thing. We can know God because nature is giving us evidence, so to speak, of his existence. In other words, it's like if you find um, an ordered um, uh, creation you would almost naturally expect that there was somebody who put it into order. You know, it's, it's the argument from order. It's an old argument, but it is a very solid argument. If, if you find, um, let, let's say, a phone um, somewhere, you would almost naturally imagine, you know, somebody forgot their phone here. Or you would say, oh, um, you, you know, there was a meeting here, and so maybe somebody, somebody forgot. Because there is no way that phone would have just emerged out of nowhere. Because um, there cannot be an order resulting from disorder um, without any active effort. In fact, um, in all matter uh, or even all things sort of, you know, um, do not organize themselves really into a good order unless there is some active effort involved. You know, surely there cannot be order in the universe. There cannot be the fact that the earth spins on its own axis and everything seems to move quite accurately and carefully. You know, that it's positioned just at the right place, you know, uh, with the moon going around it and the sun just about the right distance um, so that it doesn't burn us, doesn't scorch us. But it is not too far, so that it is too frozen and cold. Surely, if there is order in the universe, then this order must have been established um, by God. And I think it's, a, it's an important uh, argument that God has revealed himself through nature, through uh, how he has ordered the universe. Um, another person has actually argued um, and said, because the world exists, there must have been someone who caused it to exist in the first place. It's called the argument of first cause. And, it, you know, it says that uh, surely 
if the world is what it is today, then someone must have caused it at the beginning. I know some of you have interacted with some scientific theories and they are really good for us to interact with them. Um, they do continue to expand our understanding of the universe around us. But the idea of a first cause you know, remains, um, remains quite difficult even for many scientists to understand, even those who do not uh, believe in God. What caused the Big Bang, someone might ask? And why did it happen? And, and even if, if, if you look at uh, um, the way the world is ordered, it doesn't seem to be random. You know, we don't have planets uh, banging uh, at the Earth just randomly. No, we don't. We don't have stars crashing on into each other, you know, every day. No, there does seem to be a clear order. There, there is a pattern. Surely, there must be someone behind that uh, order who uh, caused it to be there in the first place, and that is God. We can know Him through knowing that he is the first cause. He's the one who caused it all to happen. He is the creator God. But also, something else you can also see from nature, is actually its own complexity. Um, I don't want to talk too much about this, but even we ourselves, our own bodies, if you look at your hands, is incredibly, incredibly complicated. You know, just your own cell structure, if you, if you had to look um, at your own body cells, you know, under an electron um, microscope, and you are to understand all the detail, it is incre incredibly uh, complicated. Now, if you think of how tiny uh, atoms or uh, little parts of us are and how they have all come together uh, to be who we are, again, it's extremely complicated and that cannot just be a result of random chance or uh, you know just just something happening for no reason at all there is definitely some intentionality to it you know the fact that uh, um, you know there are animals and there is um, rivers you know to, to supply water there is um, Air, just the right content for us to breathe, you know, made up in the right um, uh, composition of oxygen and nitrogen and all these other things that we hear in chemistry. Surely this must point um, to uh, one who has made it all. The complexity of life itself and of nature and the universe in its entirety must point to one who is higher than us. And so... When the psalmist then says that the heavens declare the glory of God, the sky above proclaims his hard work, he's telling us, raise your eyes and worship the one who created it all. Because we can know him, because he has revealed himself in nature. We see it every day. When you think of the food cycles, when you think of the mountains and the valleys and the rivers, when you think of the beauty of the flowers, when you think of how the ecosystems are designed, you must bow down your knee and worship the one who made it all. Please join me again next week and we shall look at um, the, how God has revealed himself in scripture and the week after how he has revealed himself in Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much for 
you haven't hidden yourself forever. Indeed, you have revealed yourself in nature. And if we opened our eyes, if we opened our ears, we would indeed hear and see. For indeed, nature, day to day, pours out speech, night to night, reveals knowledge. Indeed, the sky above is proclaiming the work of your hands. Oh, that we would see and hear and indeed bow down our, our knees and worship you who created it all. Uh, please, Lord, forgive our, um, our, our arrogance, our, our thinking that we know it all, our imagination that perhaps, you know, this is all made up stories. And grant us the humility to realize that we are finite. We are here for a season and will soon be gone. Yet you are eternal, you are holy, and you are righteous. Please help us to worship you today and in the days of all our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you for joining me today. I look forward to hanging out with you again next Friday. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Grace Point Church Podcast. For more information and past episodes, visit our website gracepointchurch.org. Please join us again for a new episode. Goodbye.